my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton a Seventh-day Adventist Church. I also present a drive time every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's a real privilege uh, to be able to share with you uh, once again. Uh, welcome, welcome aboard. Uh, this week, uh, we're continuing to look at the subject that we commenced last week. We're following the theme, the Bible, the church, and the environment. We want to give a biblical understanding of this subject, uh, particularly in the times of COP26 and the UN meetings over there in Glasgow. Uh, last week, uh, we asked, whose responsibility is the environment. Then uh, we dug into uh, what does the Bible say about natural disasters and then uh, moved into looking at the issue of vegetarianism. Could vegetarianism uh, benefit the environment? Yesterday, uh, Pastor Joseph and Pastor Will asked, is there a danger in worshipping the creation rather than the creator? And today, why won't green political solutions work? Now, uh, this is going to be a challenging subject. This is one that we uh, need to dig into because many ha- have simply accepted uh, environmental political solutions as being God's gift to the to the planet. Today, our, go- our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare. Now, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you once again, Eric. Well, thanks, Gary. It's great to be here. What a lovely weekend. We actually... Um, headed down, uh, well up should I say to Clare where my son's moving to had my uh, grandson's fifth uh, birthday there, we went to the Seven Hill um, Park there where they had this big flying fox which I actually got on at one stage and wow. managed, to, managed to get across without getting any cramps or anything and we had a wonderful time there, had lunch there and went to an open open garden there, have you ever been to some of these open gardens around Adelaide on a Sunday? I haven't actually and it's one thing I do actually want to do because I keep on hearing of them you know, opening up and I know some of the gardens in Adelaide are some of the best you find anywhere in Australia Oh uh, this one, you know, wherever you walk with a Beautiful roses and the manicured, beautiful lawns, and they had uh, a uh, quartet playing, string instrument playing there, just on a beautiful sunny day, and uh, all the the fruit trees, everything around it was on a few acres, yeah. and it was a, a brilliant uh, time, just so peaceful. I sat down under a tree actually, and sat in the shade, listened to the music, just had a bit of time out. It was absolutely beautiful. So yeah. they only open once a year. So there, there is really something about being able to go out, particularly into the outdoors. Uh, listen to some music and and do a retreat. I know personally. I mean, I I really love going along to uh, to worship in a in a building, but it's in the outer doors that to me I seem to find cl- get closer to my Creator than uh, any other spot. I love it. I uh, I know on occasions, you know, particularly long weekends, I actually have a, uh, a sabbatical from from church, and uh, I'll go up into the hills just myself actually, and uh, and just worship uh, just alone, just. Take my car up and uh, some music and uh, 
uh, my Bible and uh, uh, just spend some time uh, quietly uh, meditating. And uh, I, I find that an incredible blessing. Mm, great uh, refreshing time. A greatly refreshing time. Uh, look, tell, tell us something. Now, look, one of the questions that some people have actually asked is, you know, what does a minister do all day? Every now and then I hear these these jokes being made about, you know, ministers have a really good life because, you know, they only need to preach one sermon one hour a week. Now, Eric, just help us out. What does a minister do uh, during the week? Yeah, well, I've heard this uh, comment quite a bit too. Um, you know, some people, uh, you know, wonder they only see the minister maybe, you know, on Sabbath and uh, and maybe once during the week or at meetings and things, and, and they wonder what they get up to. Well, I can tell you that they're pretty busy. Um, I know that... Um, uh, what I get up to is often there's a lot of visitation in the hospital, um, which takes up some, as in, as with Aboriginal people, they come in from all over. So Pastor David Fletcher and I, uh, we're often in the Royal Adelaide Hospital, which is so hard to get a park there, but that's where we go and we visited a lot of people there. Uh, I also find too, you know, like running the Bible studies and preparing for that, preparing for sermons, but also just handling calls and, you know, you've got a lot of meetings in the church as well, plus, you know, evangelism takes up a large part, uh, getting prepared for that and, and just, t- just helping people out, I find, you know. Um, I might drop some food off to somebody or they'll ring up and just want to chat. Uh, the, the time is taken up uh, before you know it. It's it's a full on time, uh, and you know I'm sure that if each minister wrote down in their book what they did during the day, it would fill it up. But they'd all be different. Indeed, indeed, and, and you know that's an incredible blessing to me of ministry is that no two days are precisely mm. the same. Uh, every day is different, and yet uh, it's filled with. Uh, so many, so many blessings. You know, mm. Eric, the thing that I find myself is when uh, I'm able to sit down and uh, one of the things that I, I have to do a lot of is, is just sitting and talking to people. Sometimes people will actually ring you up and have a chat to you and just simply say, hey, look, you know, uh, this is what I'm dealing with at the moment. You know, we have prayer with me. Will, you know, what, what do you really think about, about this? You know, mm. um, and, uh, and I find being able to sit Share and relate to people uh, in the people helping business mm. uh, is incredibly time consuming and yet it's incredibly rewarding. Uh, one of the things that I love doing is being able to study the scriptures. I've got a, a number of people at the present time I'm studying the, the scriptures with. Mm. Uh, and just to be able to open the word with them, to be able to share with them and to be able to say, hey, this is what the word is actually presenting one on one, to me is an incredibly powerful blessing. And uh, it's something that right through my ministry, I, I, I've just looked at and sort of thought, hey, um, um, so many people don't actually realize what they're missing out on um, by missing this opportunity to have, you know, quality relationships uh, in uh, that you're able to develop in the ministerial type environment. Well, when you think of it, you know, with, uh, when you just. They're there on Sabbath, and and often if you're studying with people, they go back into the world. So the only contact, spiritual contact they have, is either with the Bible uh, person presenting it or the the minister. And what I've we've started doing our Bible study just recently, which I think has been a big help, is in our little group. We've got to know each other pretty well. That I'll ask for a volunteer to actually lead out, and yeah. um and then when they come up into the chair, they really they've done doing a good job too. But they learn more when you when you're teaching it. You learn yeah. more, yeah. and uh, you can see a growth happening, and and they feel lifted up because yeah. I just. 
take part and just sit there and listen to them and, and put in my, my spill, but they take it. And, and this is the mentoring role. And that's one of the mm. things that I find that particularly at, at our age, uh, one of the things that we're able to do, we're able to, to mentor uh, younger people into ministry type roles and to me that is incredibly I'm finding that incredibly fulfilling because uh, to be able to work with individuals and uh, and see them grow and and develop mm. uh, yeah yeah and I think too you know um, you, you're right the most important thing I think is the human contact uh, especially today with the way things are going but I think that these the questions that you answer but also just being there as a non-judgmental person just being able to sit and listen to them as a big thing just to sometimes when something goes wrong in somebody's life or they uh, lost a loved one we just recently had a funeral up at um uh at uh, an aboriginal one um at ralkin uh, which is near murray bridge and we went there and I, I hardly knew anybody in the congregation because the the lady had got diabetes and um and um she came a few times but she got too sick and i didn't really know the family i knew her daughter so when we went up there it was such a beautiful spot it's it's ralkin is a is an aboriginal community near murray bridge it's got a, a little um um Pont that you go over, a punt, and you, you come over on a little boat with, uh, put the car on it and over you go. And, uh, then after the, um, the funeral, we walked up and laid her to rest in a beautiful little graveyard there, uh, right overlooking Lake Alexandrina. And it's such a beautiful spot. In fact, if people would uh, looked at their $50 notes, uh, David, who's actually pictured on there on the opposite, I think, of the Queen or somebody mm. on the other side, mm. but you've got him there. He was a great inventor and uh, invented the little hand shears, uh, improved them uh, for shearing sheep. He, he invented many things. He never got paid a thing for that, you know. Mm. He never painted. He didn't have the money to paint it. Mm. But on there is a picture of the church, a really old church. It's actually on at the $50 note from Ralkin. Wow. And uh, it's such a beautiful spot. And I just stood there and looked over that sea and saw the old graves and yeah, that was an experience. We must have a talk more about that at, uh, in a future program because I'm really conscious that uh, many of our listeners would really be interested to pull out their $50 note and to hear the story behind that because that's cl- closely connected to South Oz. It's, uh, it's certainly part of uh, the, uh, the heritage of, uh, of this part of the, the world. And uh, when, I'd like to hear more of that particular story mm. at, a, at a future time. But uh, look, Eric, let's come to uh, – just this is a really good news story – it's only happened just in the last uh, week or so, and uh, I just thought I thought we we might uh, might share on it. Uh, this was uh, in uh, uh, Sunny Skies. I, I love the Sunny Skies website because it actually gives just good news stories, things that are happening uh, that are good and happy. And this one was uh, entitled Mystery Grandparents Pay Off 82 Balances at a Toy Store to Help Struggling Families. Now, I think we had a similar thing happen at uh, Christmas uh, last year, but this has happened here in Oz uh, just uh, just in the last uh, week or so. An elderly couple in Victoria uh, paid off 82 uh, uh, lay-by balances at their local toy world to help struggling families. Scott Mills, the owner of the Toy World in Bendigo, uh, said there are two grandparents walked into the store on Wednesday wanting to give back. They told us a story about how they had been in hardship when they were younger and struggled to pay their bills ahead of Christmas. They always swore that ever they found themselves in a position where they uh, could help, uh, then that's exactly what they would do. 
Uh, they then paid off the bills of 82 families. Uh, the manager uh, said she was given the best job ever uh, to call the 82 families who were chosen at random and tell them the good news. You don't realise how much of an effect the last 12 months has had on these families, she told the Daily Mail Australia. Uh, they said, uh, you don't just know how much this has changed our Christmas and how much this means to us. One mother was driving and started crying when she heard the news. She had to pull to the side of the road just to compose herself. A father of twin boys who had just $5 in his bank account had his balance paid off too. He was worried he wouldn't be able to buy his son's presents for Christmas or for their upcoming birthdays. She said, Delve said upon hearing the news of the secret Santas, another Bendigo man offered to donate $100 to the father uh, who only had the $5 in the bank uh, to take his boys out for dinner on their birthday. Uh, we were all in tears, uh, the manager said. While Mills knows the identity of the local couple, uh, she said uh, they wanted to remain anonymous and did not want to disclose how much they had spent. You know, that was on the Sunny Skies website. I, I love these little stories. They are so positive. How do you respond to that, Eric? Oh, that's brilliant. I, I just uh, love this story. Yeah. Oh, this is really great. Listen, it just lift you up in spirit listening it does. to that. It does. It I does. mean, this is something out of the ordinary, something that somebody's done for uh, the, all these families, 82 families, and then this this happens to them. I mean, this isn't winning a million dollars. It's helping them in <laughs> a little way, but such a, a meaningful thing to do, especially, I mean, we can do things for people that we know to help them but they, these people they didn't know they just chose them at random and they don't know who gave it to them and you know they'll be rewarded uh, and spiritually for this this is what we need more of in the world today yeah brilliant yeah, yeah. you know, you know and to me the thing that I uh, I really am conscious of it's very easy for us to say hey look you know I'm not rich enough to go and pay off 82 uh, lay-by bills in the local toy world you know therefore I can't do anything Eric do you think, you know, I mean, this sets an example uh, for all of us as to how we function in society? Well, I think this is the way, what's happened here is the way Christians should behave all the time. To lift somebody up in spirit is what we're called to do, to shine our light. And I think we can do that in various ways. It may not be in a monetary way. It may be just with a kind word here or a kind word there. It may be just helping out at, at ADRA or a volunteer place to help people in need. Uh, look, the more of this, the better. I think that as a church, this is what we should, uh, in ministry, be be contemplating and looking at more is actually sharing because when you share, you get far more back. Yeah. I find that when I, I share and help some people, I find that, man, I just, I, I, it's lifted my day to help them, but to see to see them, you know, and, and often they will, they, you know, they will give you something back later down the track because they remember that. Yes, they they yes, never yes, forget yeah, yeah. what you've done for them. And, and so, and yeah. so often it's very much just a matter of an encouraging word. I simply yes. turn around and I just yeah. simply say, hey, look, you know, what you did today, I really did appreciate it. You know, thank mm. you for, you know, your kind thoughtfulness. I know that on one particular occasion we, uh, we were running a small, a small group at, at one of my churches and, uh, one of the, one of our, our senior ladies actually had a little ministry and it was, she made cards mm. and, uh, every week she'd bring three cards along. And uh, every week we'd pass around. There were normally about 20 of us. There were about uh, 
each of us would sign and write a little message and we would select three people that were maybe struggling. Maybe they'd been struggling you know, financially. Maybe they were struggling in some relationship. Maybe there was some sickness issue. And uh, each week we'd just simply take three cards. Uh, we'd write a message from the entire group and then uh, send those cards. And the amount of feedback, positive feedback we got from that particular ministry was because they were handwritten cards. They were handmade cards. They were handwritten cards. And uh, people held onto those cards uh, for months uh, because somebody was actually thinking of them. You know, to me, uh, so often I sort of encourage people. I say, hey, look, you know, uh, you know we can't all do great uh, expensive things, but, you know, we can give that encouraging word. I remember one time, Pastor Gary, too, uh, I was the area manager of the Literature Evangelist who go out sharing door-to-door, and, uh, um, you know, they had children. We were on outreach, and some of them had their children there, and uh, it was pretty hot and tiring for them. And I said to them one night, look, there's a, a really good movie on. It's a good one. It's a, it's a true story called The Fastest Indian, uh, and it's uh, um, set in New Zealand of a, of a, of a motorbike. And he, he went into America and set a world record on this old bike. I said, you go there. I'll look after the kids. You lot go out and have a good time, you young people, and go out there and enjoy it, and I'll look after the kids. And they did that. They went out and had a fantastic time, just something like that to, yeah. so people can relax after a hard yeah. day. It's all it takes, isn't it? It is. It is. That's uh, that's all it takes. You know, mm. uh, guys, uh, can I encourage you? You know, pick somebody. Uh, just say a kind word, uh, and uh, uh, I believe you and they will be richly blessed by that. But look, let's come to um, uh, some music now. This is Gavin Chatelier. He uh, he's sharing exactly the same thought. He's uh, he's singing as water uh, to the thirsty, and that indeed is exactly uh, what uh, what we can be. Gavin Chatelier uh, as water uh, to the thirsty. Please enjoy. As water to the thirsty. As beauty to the eyes As strength that follows weakness As truth instead of lies As summertime and springtime And summertime to be So is my Lord, my living Lord So is my Lord to me of clamor like peace that follows pain like meeting after parting like sunshine after rain like moonlight and starlight and sunlight on the sea so is my Lord my living Lord so is my Lord to me Freedom 
Is Gavin Chatillier um, as water to the to the thirsty? What a beautiful, beautiful song that uh, that really is, uh, folks. We do have a free offer uh, for you today. Our free offer for you today is the book Hope uh, for a Ho- Helpless Planet. Let me get my tongue around that. Uh, Hope for a Helpless Planet by Chris Holland. This is a real a little uh, beauty. Uh, is Jesus really coming soon? It's really an, an age-old question, but seldom has there been need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt than today. Everywhere we turn, it seems that the, the world is falling apart. War, political unrest, an economy that does teeter on the edge of disaster. Uh, we live in a helpless planet filled with desperate people. But there is good news. Jesus has given us wonderful assurance and a promise. I love that uh, that promise. It, it's found in John John fourteen. Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. I go and prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. In hope for a helpless planet, you'll discover how He will come again and how we can be ready to meet him. Look, guys, this is a really beaut little book, Chris Holland, uh, Hope for a Helpless Planet. And uh, if you'd like your own copy of uh, of this book, all you need to do is to text us uh, here at uh, at the studio. Now, our drive time text number is 04 888 That number again is 04 888 Eight oh eight eleven. Now look, uh, all you need to do is to text the code SA twenty four. That's all you need to do. SA twenty four. And uh, our good friend Faithful. Now Faithful is a robot. Uh, he will contact you, and uh, he'll ask you for your details so that he can uh, send you this book in the fastest possible way. Uh, that number again is oh four triple eight. 80811 and the free offer hope for a helpless planet by Chris Holland you'll love uh, this uh, this particular book also folks look if you've got any any uh, comments or, or questions uh, if you'd like to uh, uh, to contribute to our program feel free to do that all you need to do is text your comment in uh, to that same number 04888811 uh, and uh, that will come uh, here to our our studio desk 
You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Eric Hoare. Now, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church, and he's a greatly appreciated pastor. Uh, this week, we're continuing to look at the subject we commenced last week. We're following the theme, the Bible, the church, and the environment. What we'd like to do is to give a biblical understanding of this subject. Uh, last week... We asked uh, those questions that are so key. Whose responsibility is the environment? Then, what does the Bible say about natural disasters? Is there another explanation? And then we looked at that question. Could vegetarianism benefit the environment? And uh, really appreciated the discussion with Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh last Thursday on that particular issue. Yesterday, Pastor Joseph Matichik and Pastor Will, uh, they asked, is there danger in worshipping the creation rather than the creator? Uh, what are significant? And we've had a number of really um, powerful responses to that. And thank you so much to those of you who did actually write in uh, about that particular question. I know that that's touched uh, a number of you. Today, uh, we're going to be digging into the subject, why won't green political solutions work? Now, uh, this isn't very politically correct, this particular subject. Uh, so, uh, Eric, I, I hope you're ready uh, for uh, for this particular subject. But look, as we start today, uh, what I thought we um, uh, we might do is uh, is start with a um, a little bit of a quiz. Now, Eric, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna see how well the quiz is entitled. How well do you you know your planet now um uh this is um uh, these are, you know, questions that are deep and difficult. So, you know, you may not get them all, but let's find out. What was the world population at 8 a.m. this morning? Goodness knows, Gary. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows the answer to that question? <laughs> well, actually, I know what the answer to that question is. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that, the answer to that question is just over 7.9 billion wow. people. 7.9 billion. The more significant thing, you know, Eric, is that uh, when I was born, now I was born back in the deep dark past, back in 59, so that tells you how old I actually am. Um, but back in 59, did you know that the world population was 2.79 billion? Wow. Now it's 7.9. In mm. my lifetime, world population has gone up f- by uh, uh, 5 billion people. It's mm. trebled. In my lifetime, in your lifetime, it's probably quadrupled. Wow, it's amazing. How how does that strike you? Well, you just don't think of that, do you? You really don't think of those figures. I mean, you know, I actually actually thought, you know, with with things that are happening, I wouldn't have thought the growth would have been been that huge, but I guess... uh, the way the world is, I guess, you know, that's... that's it it that's certainly, amazing. to me, when I realised this, it certainly explained to me why our world is actually being uh, impacted with uh, environmental issues because you've mm. simply got three times uh, the number of people on the planet Earth that uh, certainly we did have when, when I was born way back there in uh, uh, in 59. Now, most people don't realise that according to medium-level predictions, the... Uh, the world will actually cross um, the, the 10 billion mark 
in about 2059. So uh, if uh, if I'm still around and if our good Lord hasn't, hasn't come, and I believe he will have come a long way before now, I'll actually turn 100 that year. <laughs> but uh, the population by then will be will cover a 10 billion people what a huge number one of the things that i didn't actually realize was that uh, according to the uh, the book that i actually uh, uh, referred to is that the world population is actually increasing faster than exponential it's slowing down at the present time it's been slowing down for a little while now uh, but it's still regarded explosive and uh, one of the comments that this author of of a book that i i have um that's called the little green handbook a guide to critical global trends uh global population has been increasing explosively not exponentially exponential growth is fast but explosive growth is sudden and much much faster even now when the rate is of increase is slowing it cannot be described as simply exponential the problem with explosive growth is that there are no warning signs and according to the figures that we have calculated here there should have been 354 years but I between the first and the second billion. With explosive growth, we only had about 130 years. With exponential growth, we should have had about 200 years between the second and third billion. With explosive growth, we had only 28 years. You know, when I read that, I sort of thought, hey, I'm starting to understand a little bit about our planet. I'm starting to understand a little bit about what is really going on. Now, one of the questions that uh, certainly was in uh, in this particular um, book that I I consulted was a statement that really, really set me set me thinking. Uh, this this was the comment: "There's no consensus on how many." And the question here was. What is our world carrying capacity? And uh, this is what uh, what the book said. Um, There's no consensus on how many people we can accommodate. The long-term carrying capacity could be as low as 2 billion. But for a limited period of time, we may have to accommodate as many as 12 billion. The carrying capacity uh, depends on the carrying capacity of various countries and on the capacity of our planet. However, it also depends on our definition of carrying capacity. Now, this was the thing that really jumped out at me. For instance, how do we measure the carrying capacity of a train? Should it be by the number of people who can sit comfortably inside or by the number of people who can sit and stand there? Or should it be the number who are closely packed inside the train hanging onto its sides and crowded onto the roof. Now, when I read that, I sort of thought, hey, that's that's a very powerful statement. What is the carrying capacity of our world? You know, uh, the, uh, the the book actually went on to make a, a quite a profound statement. He, he made a statement to the effect that uh, here, here in places like Australia and America, New Zealand, Europe, uh, we're actually in what would be called the first-class carriages. Uh, and uh, his statement was anybody who lives in countries like Australia are actually riding in first-class carriages. Yeah, right. Now, I, I, I know there are people here who are certainly struggling, yeah. uh, but it's, it's so true uh, in our country. We're actually riding 
in the first class carriages. You know, all this put a, uh, set something up for me to start to understand the environmental issues that we're actually facing. Uh, so much of the struggles that our planet is facing is actually linked to, to population. Uh, far more uh, than to uh, than to climate, uh, but Eric, look, let's come uh, come back to the subject of today because today what we want to talk about is this issue of uh, green political solutions, and I'm uh, I'm so conscious that uh, you know our world at the present time we are constantly hearing of the need to uh, to save the planet. It, it's repetitious, and yet myself, as I look at my scriptures, I think there's some. Uh, Issues that have been unaddressed. I think there are some things that uh, that I certainly look at and say, well, uh, I'm actually uh, not convinced that green political solutions are ever going to be able to work. What's your thinking on this? Yeah, I agree. There's uh, there's quite a few obstacles actually in the way. There are things that that hold us up that we're going to look at tonight. You remember last Tuesday, Pastor Gary, we looked at whose responsibility is the environment. We talked about that Adam and Eve were given care of the garden and care of the known earth at that time. And then the fall came and uh, they were created in the image of man. And then, then the fall came and then we, we had sin came in. And then, you know, we see that the environment changed. There was death. Animals died, humans died, we, we had weeds in the garden, all those sort of things changed. And we've come to the state in our world today where people are just wondering what's going on and, and what's the way out and how it is all going to end. Um, and it's interesting that uh, the environment is is picked up by a lot of people like I've heard so many comments about politicians who who promise something but they don't come about, that they follow the party line. And, um, you know, uh, we hear a lot of, of promises made for their environment. In fact, they've just had, haven't they, a global warming summit, a uh, worldwide one, where even the most two powerful countries in the world, China and Russia, didn't even attend it. Um, and yet they, they, they couldn't come to any really big consensus. And, and even Australia is struggling uh, with its policy. Um, but it's interesting as we look at it, you know, what is the way to go? What's, what's going on here? Um, and, you know, even some evangelists are saying that global warming is of little concern when the end times are coming. It's going to happen anyway. Um, you know, and they say, they point to Bible verses about humans are required to subdue the earth and that God is in control. Global warming you know, may be part of his plan. So where do we all fit in this? And uh, the, I think we need to start off with what the prophet Jeremiah said, because this is a key to the whole thing, I think. And uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine to 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord God, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his deeds. So here we see that uh, we're, we're, we're trying to solve things from a deceitful heart um, because things have changed. We... We are not, you know, Adam was perfect. There was, he was given actually to tend the garden in his perfect state. I, I've got to just imagine picking the, the flowers and the fruit and, and whatever. But, but now we've got a deceitful heart. We were basing decisions on a selfish and deceit way of doing things. This is really, Eric, this is really not a, a very good job description, if you like. I mean, here we've got uh, God, uh, through the prophet Jeremiah, mm. uh, speaking about the human heart, mm. and he says, 
the human heart, if you like, he's writing a reference. You know, in, in my ministry, I've been called on many occasions, as you have, to write a reference, particularly for a young person. Here we've got God writing a reference for humanity, and he says the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and who can know it? Now, Eric, for you, you know, what... What are the implications of that? Well, we need to understand what the deceitful actually means in the Hebrew. It comes from the word agob, which means sly, um, trodden in paths of blood, depraved. Its motives are actually hidden and disguised, uh, you know, and they're complex and set towards the wrong end. In other words, that some decisions for the, for the environment are made on a personal level for profit or gain. And um, if, if the heart isn't, isn't under God's control, if it's under man's control from the flesh, then, we've, then there's huge problems. It will never be solved because they are following, um, uh, we see it around the world today, you know, the, the rainforest and everything being pulled down. All these things that are happening is often for personal gain. I know, for instance, that a lot of stuff here in, in Australia, that the, they send the logs across to China or someplace to get um, sell it really cheap. It gets all carved up and comes back and something. And so... Um, the the thing is, what's controlling it is profit, and uh, and um, a personal gain is the big thing. I'm In other words, say. what there is here is this: there is a natural grasping nature within uh, the natural human nature, according to the scriptures. Now, uh, what that means is, of course, I agree totally with you uh, that that means that if there is an opportunity for profit. That that will actually take place. I mean, to me, I I, read, I noticed a very interesting article. Someone actually pointed out to me just a couple of days ago um, at the the Glasgow summit. Uh, apparently, there are four hundred private jets there, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm just imagining on the on the tarmac there. You know, four hundred uh, private jets are actually uh, parked on the on the tarmac. Now, look to me, I look at this and I'm sort of saying, Hey, look, you know, I mean, uh, we know the the impact. That uh, certainly uh, flying and jet fuel has on the has on the environment, but what is the the human heart is something that tends to look after itself unless it is changed from above. That's right. You know, Jeremiah seventeen five six actually puts it a beautiful way. He says, "Cursed is the man who trusts in man." And makes flesh his strength. In other words, we're relying on our carnal nature. This is the thing. We're relying on flesh itself. This is what he's saying, what God is saying here. Jeremiah, Jeremiah is saying, the prophet through God is saying that we're relying on man here. We're relying on our own ways of handling things rather than give it to a spiritual source. Rather than taking it to God, we actually try and handle it in a way that we try to solve the problems ourselves through our flesh, through man to man, uh, it says, whose heart turns away from God. Mm. Uh, he is like a shrub in the desert uh, and shall see no good come. So it's like he's drying up because he's not getting the power and the strength from what you're talking about. Mm. He's actually living and uh, trying to adapt and do things in, in his own strength, relying on humanity. And, and, and because of man's human nature, 
He's uh, human nature tends to be incredibly grasping. A uh, human nature tends to be looking out for for self. Human nature uh, tends to uh, be be guided by what is best for me, um, not what is best for the planet or what is best. You know, to me, as I look at this, I sort of say, hey, human nature is in fact a huge blockage uh, in the uh, in the whole uh, environmental debate because it actually mitigates against uh, quality uh, environmental solutions. Well, it's interesting to me, Pastor Gary, that when I study Corinthians, um, Paul talks about three different types of heart conditions. Mm-hmm. Three. Uh, the first one he mentions is a natural man uh, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned so the natural man is the person who does not know Christ he has no spirit he's not born again he has no spirit Holy Spirit within him he says that's the first man mm. uh, there is another type of man too uh, there's another one that is a carnal man. Now this one here, it says here in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as a spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid milk food. For until now you are not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, you are not carnal, and living like mere men. And the word for carnal is fleshy. Yeah. We're, we're in the church, but we're still fl- uh, hanging on to the world. We're still mm. making decisions <laughs> in a flesh-like way, for like without the power yeah, of the yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's what it's saying here. Yep. And, uh, you know, um, you, you're not carnal behaving like mere men. In other words, you're not living like men who do not even know the Lord, he says. Mm. In the church, this is talking about. You know, what I do, Pastor Gary, is I've got my green bin at home. I do my bits and pieces. I, I love my gardening. I'm out there doing that. And I do the best I can and, and, and clean up and everything. But, you know, uh, what we're talking about here is is solving the whole world problem. If we all acted the way that we were looking after this planet as though there is a creator, yeah. And God loves uh, loves the world and loves us and has given this to us to look after. If each one of us looked after that and made decisions based on that, not on profit or mere gain, personal gain, or a gain for a country over another country, um, I mean, you just look at it. Past it would be, it would be physically possible at that point to see significant changes actually take place. But mm. the problem, of course, is that uh, I like to care for myself uh, our, the scriptures say that my natural heart wants to care for, for me, maybe my family but certainly no more ex, you know, than that. You know the scriptures actually talk about this incredible change that can actually take place uh, where people start to think differently. You know Eric I'm just so conscious that the really important, the really key thing to making an environmental difference is people actually thinking differently but with the old human human heart there with a grasping nature then the the, the best laid plans are in fact going to wind down. Well, listen to some of these statistics, Pastor Yeah, yeah, yeah please about, do. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, what's happening around the world and how things could change. Yes. For instance, $15 billion would provide everyone with clear water and basic sanitation 
2% of the U.S. military budget, only 2% of the U.S. Wow. military budget would actually give enough water around the world for everybody. That's amazing. Um, listen to this. $30 billion eliminates starvation and malnutrition worldwide. 4% of the U.S. military budget that they spend every year that we're talking about. Every child on earth could be educated for $12 billion which is only 1.7% of the U.S. military budget. This is taken from um, America, of course. 72 million kids today don't even go to a school. 72 mm. million in the planet. Uh, and a, a seventh of the Earth's population are actually illiterate, illiterate wow. around the world. I didn't know that. Now, um, it says 3.7 million lack water, clear water, clear water and basic sanitation and nuclear weaponry is trillions i mean they spend so much on it and and to end extreme poverty worldwide in 20 years the total cost would be about 175 billion us dollars this represents less than one percent of the combined income of the richest countries in the world if all the richest countries in the world just gave one percent of that total lot then it they say that if they put in that one uh, 175 billion every year, then it's likely that we'd wipe out the extreme poverty, not all poverty, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the extreme. And yeah. and we look at that those figures, don't we say, well, we see the starving. I I I put money in to overseas to help school somebody and doing doing a little bit, but we could end all this. Yeah, but yeah. And, and and the, the reality here, the the challenge, of course is the human heart. And this is the thing which is totally unaccounted for in uh, so much of the the green discussions. How do you change the human heart? You know, to me, the thing that I love is that the gospel and the scriptures actually declare how the human heart can actually be changed. But without that, I suggest, hey, uh, we're fighting a a sandy on sandy soil that uh, cannot be developed, that will not grow uh, this, this particular this particular building but we've got a lot more to say let's come to some some music right now this is uh, Chris Wright's and the the song is This Is uh, My Father's World This is my father's world and to my listening all nature sings and round me of the spheres This is my Father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees Of skies and seas His hand the wonders This is my Father's world The birds their carols raise The morning light, the lily white Declare their Maker's praise This is my Father's world He shines in all that's fair In the rustling grass can hear him pass He speaks to me everywhere This is my Father's world Oh, let me ne'er forget That though the wrong 
seems oft so strong God is the ruler yeah this is my father's world the battle is not done Jesus who died will be satisfied and earth and heaven be Chris Rice, this is my father's world. Oh, yes, 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 it is. This is my father's world. Love that uh, that particular rendition. Uh, our free gift for you today, our free book, is uh, Hope for a Helpless Planet. Uh, and this is talking. Uh, this comes straight to the point. Jesus, he is coming soon. There is an answer. Uh, we are going to have help. It's going to be from the outside. Uh, it's an age-old question, but seldom has the need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt uh, than it is today. Everywhere we turn, it seems the world is actually falling apart. War, political unrest, environmental uncertainty, an economy, a teetering on the edge of disaster. We live in a helpless planet filled with people in desperate need of hope. And look, this book is a real little beauty, Hope for a Helpless Planet uh, by Chris Holland. If you'd like your own copy of uh, this particular book, please just text us at, uh, at the studio here our studio text number is 0488 That number again is 0488 80811 and the uh, just the code is just SA24 no gap between them just SA24 and uh, uh, our robot uh, called Faithful we call him Faithful he'll uh, he'll contact you and just ask for a few details so we can get this book to you in the fastest possible manner uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with Pastor Gary uh, today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church this week and next week, we're looking at the Bible, the church and the environment. And today I'm speaking with Eric on uh, why won't green political solutions work? Eric, really appreciate what it is that you're sharing with us at the present time. Bring it all together for us. Well, the third type of man that Paul refers to in Corinthians, we've talked about the natural man. Uh, having the heart of a natural man. Then we had one of flesh that uh, relied on man for decisions. And the third one is the spiritual man found in 1 Corinthians two fifteen to 16, where it says, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Isn't okay. that amazing? That, those words, the mind of Christ. So we're guided by the spiritual realm. You know, Jeremiah is 
very much into all this. You know, Jeremiah talked in uh, Jeremiah 17, 5 to 6, he talked about cursed is a man who trusts a man. He is dry and the heat will be on him. Then in 17, following that, Jeremiah 17, 7, 8, he paints another picture. He said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out root by the streams and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And this fruit is talking about the the fruits of the Spirit, that that mercy and grace for the environment, for people around them. This is a different person with a different heart that's looking towards Christ. It has the mind of Christ. It, I, I love what you're actually saying there, Eric. I think it, you've nailed it right on the head. Do you know, when a person accepts Jesus Christ, when a person comes to Christ, there is actually a change of mind. Do you know, I love uh, Galatians chapter uh, chapter 5. You know, it talks here about the works of the flesh and then it talks about the works of the Spirit. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, uh, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which these these are the natural, you know, this grasping nature of humanity is in fact the, a major problem that causes so many issues in our world. One of the issues that that grasping nature causes is in fact environmental degradation. We want to pull as much out of the environment to care for me as we possibly can. And yet, you know, when the, when the Holy Spirit uh, comes, when a person accepts Christ, there's a change. You know, I love what you said this a moment ago, that the fruit of the Spirit uh, here is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, self-control, that means even with my own desires, I have self-control. And I, I don't know about you, but to me, I'm, I'm so conscious that we're living in a world today uh, that uh, the greatest need is actually this change in the human heart. Mm. And with this change, of course, you know, um, we need it, but the political world cannot solve the problems because if they're not, if it's not Bible based solutions, then whatever political party is out there that brings forward solutions is, it's all caught up in the carnal heart rather than a spiritual heart. So, um, I mean, you know, the man who trusts in the Lord the reality is that he's given the truth. His safety is not in himself, but the God of all creation. The, this man will build life with a, a really good root system outside of the view and the world around him. He is not exempt from the hard times, but he remains fruitful because a source of not of this world, uh, his trust is in God alone. You know, Titus 3, 3, 3 to 8, I love. It says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceitful, various lusts and pleasure, living in malice and envy, hateful. These are the things you were describing before in the old self and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us and washed us and renewed us in the Holy Spirit. So mm. This is the Holy Spirit's work to change us from that carnal nature, the the, the carnal of the flesh, into being uh, a loving Christian uh, that even though things are thrown at us, we will still love people and serve the environment, look after what God has given us. Even, you know, I'm so conscious, Eric, that 
if a person is following the principles of the scriptures, mm. what happens is that their demand on the environment actually reduces because there is a certain striving within uh, certainly our first world that says, I want to get more and bigger and best. I want a bigger house. I want a, a faster car. I want a more elaborate uh, private jet. And, uh, you know, uh, to me, as I look at that, uh, every time I increase the size of what I own, I'm actually increasing the size of my footprint on this earth. Do you know, when I read the scriptures, the scriptures talk about uh, living with simplicity. Uh, you know, the very moment a person is living in with simplicity, it actually reduces, it actually uh, puts less demand on the environment. Uh, you know, to me, as I look at the scriptures, the scriptures are based on a heart change, on a con, on, if you like, conversion. You know, the, the heart is changed so that I think of others. I'm not as grasping for myself. As a result, my, the, the, I can have less demand on the planet that I inhabit. But you know, if I try to resolve these things politically, the problem is, is that my heart actually works against the proposed solution. Yes, it works in conflict. And that's why that story at the beginning was so beautiful because it was doing something for someone else, unknown. Um, you know, uh, what a wonderful thing to do. And as Christians, you know, the way I treated animals and people in the environment before I was a Christian is different now than after a Christian. And, and it just happens naturally. Because yeah. the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit's work, isn't it? Yeah. That changes us, and so I believe that the, there'll be no peace on this earth till Christ comes, mm. uh, because we can't solve man cannot solve it. And ultimately, what you've actually said there is so true. The ultimate solution to the issues that are on this earth are actually going to occur when Jesus Christ comes. Because, you know, to me, as I read the last two chapters of Revelation, what we get is uh, John talking about a new heaven mm. and a new earth. Yes. Uh, and to me, what a hope that actually is. Then that which was created at the beginning is going to be recreated. It's going to be God, not man. Yep. That's going to resolve the whole uh, creation uh, environmental issues. Amen. Uh, let's have prayer together. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you now. I want to say thank you for your creation. Lord, thank you that you are the creator, God. Thank you that you have given us incredible gifts. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to be better stewards so that we might care uh, in a more a complete way uh, for uh, all that you have actually given us. Uh, Lord, I pray too that you might change our hearts, uh, that indeed we might desire uh, to be uh, your steward uh, more more fully. Uh, Lord, we give our world to you because we know that in you is the only solution that is really uh, going to going to work. Uh, Lord, we we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, for joining to, joining us today. It does look like our time is up. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Butcher will be hosting, and I'm going to be taking the co-pilot's chair, and uh, we're going to be asking, is Lodato say 
uh, a positive contribution to the environmental discussion. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 